calls of this nature. Dial seven. Hello. Babe, I miss you. I see you. I see one who is too blessed to be stressed, even in a world where it seems as though you give more but receive less. One heartache away from surrender, you took an extra step and you continued. Through faith, you believe in God, but wear a mask when times are hard. But I see you. One of God's most beautiful creations who needs to be told, the determined woman who wants to make her house a home. An angel from heaven and now a blessing here on earth, an extraordinary unique woman of abundant worth. A penny for your thoughts and a dollar for your smile. It's like the sun beneath the clouds. Infatuated with life, a tear when it's wrong, but a smile when it's right. Holding on for your own, too blessed, too beautiful, too strong. Too sweet to be true, Rashida Duffy, you are my heaven sent angel, and I see you. This is Wetlock, my true unscripted chronicles as a prison wife. Join me on my journey as I bring you crazy stories, informative facts, updates on my husband, advice from my family and friends, and special guests giving their true life stories on the prison system. This is not your average love story. Welcome to Wetlock. Hey guys, it's Friday. Thank you for joining me for another bonus episode. These episodes are dedicated to you for all the love and support that you guys continuously give myself in this podcast. No matter how big this podcast gets, and I'm hoping for it to be colossal, bonus Fridays will always, always be about you guys. So it's time to get into the shout outs, thank yous, and Q&As. Hey guys, I hope you guys are having a wonderful Friday, the beginning of your weekend. This is bonus episode eight, part one. So I want to jump into my thank you guys. I have a lot in store for this bonus episode, part one and part two. It is a lot of content. So I am going to speed through my thank yous, my shout outs, even my Q and A's. And you guys know how much I love my Q and A's, but I have to speed through them guys. So I want to thank all of you. I want to thank all of you for continuously tuning in. It means so much to me. My podcast 
um, audience is growing. My numbers are growing. Season two is on its way. I have so much material in store for you guys. I cannot wait to start dropping episodes for season two. I do have my YouTube channel. Once I get enough subscribers, I will have my own URL, but you can find the YouTube channel link on the social media, Wetlock Chronicles Podcast. My website is almost done, guys. I am putting so much content on this website. I also now am a Apple um, performance service performer, which means that all Apple products from books, music, apps, games, whatever it is that I like, I promote, I want to talk about, you will find the links on my page. If you like something that I like, you can find it there. Click it, buy it, do whatever you want to do with it. But I am super excited that I now am partnered up with Apple with every product that they produce, every product that they have. Um, I have the exclusive rights to it. So if I talk about things that I love, talk about books that I like to read, talk about apps and games that I like to use and play, guys, I will have them on my website and you can click it and you can buy from there. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I want to send a special thank you um, to my husband. My husband... Guys, when I get into um, episode 16 on Sunday, I will break down why this thank you is so important. But I will say this. At the beginning of this episode, the poem that I am reading, I See You, is by my husband. And it's something that he did for me at a time where we was having a little patch. We was having a rough patch this week, guys. And as I told you, it's going to always be unscripted, raw, and uncut. So you will get a a update on what happened coming on Sunday's episode 16. But I have to thank him. I have to give him a special thank you. Um, I also want to thank my t-shirt guy. Guys, listen. I told this man the texture of t-shirts I wanted and he came through. I'm loving my t-shirts. Um, his Instagram is actually authentic t-shirts. It is, um, I'm going to give it to you to make sure I give it to you correctly. His actual, um, his actual um, Instagram is authentic underscore shirts. He has a second one, which is authentic underscore hustle. Guys, make sure you holler him. Check him out. He has great t-shirts, um, great quality. His printing is amazing. And I definitely, definitely co-signed the stamp of approval behind that one. So shout out to him again. Thank you so much. I love my t-shirts. I plan on wearing my t-shirts every day. I'm going to wear my t-shirts. I have hats coming. Um, face mask coming. I have hoodies coming. I know it's about to get a little warm outside, but I still love my hoodie. So again, make sure you holler at him. Authentic shirts, authentic underscore shirts. And 
again guys thank all of you seriously thank all of you for coming through special thanks to my best friend um as i stated before i try to keep her out of the middle between me and my husband but this week i needed her guys and she really came through and as much as she knows i do not like putting her in the middle i had to this time around guys but again that is something you have to stay tuned for for episode 16 when i talk about my subject my topic of the day and updates on my husband so we're gonna jump into these q a's guys like i said i'm speeding through because i have so much content coming up i have a wonderful interview that i'm gonna do with maurice navarro if you guys recall last week i did a um a segment where there was a poem read the poem was by him titled amy he titled it after his wife i will be um having an interview with him today as well as his wife they will be separate but i have both of them today on bonus episode eight part one and part two so guys like i said i'm coming with this content i'm coming with this content so again guys thank you so much for tuning in this is bonus episode eight part one Okay, guys, so we are going to jump into the Q&As. And the first question is, I follow your social media. Will you have more info on the Freedom Fest? Okay, so the the Freedom Fest, excuse me, is actually something that my friend Demita is doing. It will be held at Grand Park, and the more updates I get, I will continue to update on my social media and update on my podcast, but I will tell you this, this this festival is going to be pretty dope. It's going to be where all families, whether you're trying to do legal fees, where you're trying to just put awareness out there about your loved one, your spouses, or whatever, that she's going to allow families to set up booths, so each individual booth will be about the actual inmate whoever this inmate is to their family their husband dad whatever the case is she's given the opportunity for people to set up booths um pass out information raise money sell t-shirts whatever you need to do um to represent your incarcerated loved one i myself will be there i will be um doing my podcast live from there so i'll be taking interviews from different people And just helping with the actual festival itself. So, yes, I will continue to update as the updates come my way. Next question. How does your husband respond to your issues you have with your dad? You have with... Okay. Um, He's supportive. He's supportive. He... um, I mean, he talks to me about it when I have those moments. He, you know, gives me positive, positive ways to think about it. Um, He assures me on a regular basis that he's okay and for me not to stress because he knows it's something that I really, 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 really have a hard time doing. So he's very, very supportive. I don't think that he has a big issue with it. Not that I know of. He hasn't complained to me at all. You know, when it comes down to me getting into that frame of mind where I begin to worry, but he's extremely supportive. I mean, we talk about it and, you know, he doesn't want me to hold anything back from him. So when I do have my moments, I talk to him and, he just, he's supportive. He gives me and tells me whatever it is that 
I need from him and I don't have any issues in that department when it comes to, you know, him accepting the trauma that I have um, behind my dad. So that was a good question. Um, Next question. Do you ever have moments where you feel you need more? More money? Yes, I I have that moment every day, all day, uh, 24 hours a day. But within my marriage, no, I'm pretty full. I'm pretty full with my marriage. I love my husband. I love my marriage. Um, Yes, we face obstacles. Yes, we have up and downs. Um, I even love the downs because the ups are so amazing. So I don't have moments where I don't, where I feel I need more, not within my marriage. Uh, I'm a goal driven person. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to always want more out of life, you know, out of, out of the goals that I have, I'm going to continue to always want to reach more goals. I'm never going to be satisfied in that department. But as far as my marriage is concerned, I'm content. I'm content. I'm full. Of course, I want him to come home. Of course, you know, I'm ready to, you know, begin this life with him. So I want more of that. But as of right now, I can't have that. But no, I don't have moments where I feel like I need more within my marriage. Next question. When you guys, when you guys approach... Wait, when you guys approach, do you tell... Oh, when guys approach you, do you tell them you're married first or do you wait until they seem interested? (laughs) Ooh, girl, or sir, whoever you are, people do not approach me anyway. I have been told my whole entire life I look mean, I'm unapproachable, all this type of stuff. So people don't really approach me like that. I mean, but when guys do approach me, I mean, I don't jump into, hey, hold up, I'm married. No, I don't do that. But um, if they start talking as if they're interested or what's up with you and stuff like that, then yes, quite naturally, I tell them I'm married. But no, I don't jump off the fly and just be like, hold up, what you want? I'm married. No, I don't do I don't do that. But rarely, as I said before, I really don't get approached that much. I mean, I might hear somebody say, oh, you're beautiful or you're pretty or, you know, something like that. You know, if I'm going somewhere, a guy open the door, hold the door for me. He might say something up under his breath or whatever. But I don't know. Like, I just never have been the type that people just could walk up to, I guess, and just say something to, I don't know. It's something about this, these four lines in my forehead. I I, I keep saying I'm going to get Botox, <laughs> but no, I do not hold and walk around with a sign that says I'm married. Um, next question, besides your husband's appeal, what's on your to-do list for you guys' future? Okay. I like that question. Um, <laughs> The appeal is number one on my husband's list. It's number one on my list because, of course, yes, quite naturally, I'm ready for my husband to come home and I'm doing everything in my power to try to help him Um, when it comes to fighting for his appeal. I just found out some new developments within the situation, so I'm working on that. But as far as my to-do list when it comes to our future, oh my goodness, I have a long to-do list. And, oh, 
what I want for me and my husband's future that I'm working on, I have been working on his credit. Um, I have been working on building a home. I have been working on trying to secure businesses, um, business ventures, trying to continue to revamp and restructure the ones that I have. My main goal is to make sure my husband comes home and never has to worry about going back to prison. Like, I just don't want that for him. He doesn't want that for himself. So my to-do list right now is basically, A, of course, helping with him, helping him with his appeal, B, uh, working on his credit, trying to acquire some different things, trying to get this home in order for when he does come home. And really outside of that, that's really it. I mean, I've already pretty much got the businesses together. Of course, that's just going to take time, effort, um, for things to develop or whatever. But my main goal is making sure that my husband has a wonderful home to come to when he walks out those doors and making sure that he has a structured environment um that's lucrative so he doesn't have to worry about anything when it comes to doing something that will land him back in prison so that's pretty much what consists of my to-do list as far as me and his future um my life is really structured already so it's not a whole lot that i have to do of course you know like even even somebody asked me something about clothes and you know what am i gonna do about him getting clothes and i am not going to go and buy an entire wardrobe for my husband so when he come home he got a closet full of clothes and shoes and all this kind of stuff i am going to get my husband the basic things that he needs for when he comes home to start off with. But my husband, I want him to be able to do that stuff on his own. Like I want him to be able to have that joy and that satisfaction of shopping and going into stores and just jumping back into the lifestyle and the life that he had, you know, shopping for the things he loved. You know, I don't want to take that experience away from him. So I'm going to do the necessary for when he comes home. But outside of that, I mean... It's not really a whole lot that I have to plan for. A lot of things have already been set in motion because of the type of woman that I am. So, but that is a awesome, awesome, awesome question. And that's a question that a lot of people probably should sit down and come up with. What are your future plans? What are the things that you're trying to secure? Now, I will say that my number two thing on the list, of course, is trying to have a baby, trying to give my husband a son. Um, those are the things and the steps that you guys will be a part of in season two. So that is one of the top things on my list um, for our future. But I love that question. And thank you for even bringing that up. Next question. I love the poem by the inmate on the last bonus episode. I look forward to hearing more expressions of love. Thank you very, very much. That is something that I have been trying to tap into um, as I enter into season two. I am going to start doing more interviews with inmates and their wives. Um, I'm going to start reading more love letters, more poems. You know, the focus is the love. The focus is the love and trying to change the narrative of, of, of 
the negative stereotype when it comes to being in a relationship with someone incarcerated. So thank you so much. And actually within this um, bonus episode, we're going to have actually him on here with his wife. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And that is all the questions, guys. That is all the questions that I have for today on bonus episode eight, part one. Thank you again. You guys know I love my Q&As. Please keep them coming. You can submit your questions to Wetlock Podcast. I'm sorry, Wetlock Chronicles Podcast at gmail.com. You can also submit questions on the Spotify platform. You can, if you want to answer, sometimes I have questions up there. Feel free to answer. Sometimes I have poll questions where it only requires a yes or a no. Feel free to answer. But again, you have to be on the Spotify platform. Once my website is completed, you will be able to go straight to the website and do the same thing. Jump into discussion forums and everything. The website will be multifunctional for every single thing that all these separate platforms are doing for me now. So again, thank you guys for joining me. This is bonus episode eight, part one. As you guys know, I have started a support group, Fed Up Wives, supporting wives of incarcerated federal inmates. This is a nonprofit organization set to help both emotionally and mentally, but financial as well. To contact Fed Up Wives, please email fedupwives.org at gmail.com. The contact number is 404 927 8011. Please like and join the Facebook page, Fed Up Wives Organization. You guys have supported me, and now it is time for me to support you. Now back to the show. Now we're going to jump into my interview with Maurice Brooks. I begin speaking now. Hey. Hey, what's up, Shane? Hey, how you doing? I'm cool. You doing all right? I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? I'm holding on, man. You know, just um, glad to have this opportunity to, you know, get with you and do this. I'm so excited. I have been sitting down, writing my questions out. I talked to Amy earlier, so I told her I was going to call her after we got done. So she was really cool. I think she's kind of excited, too. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, you can say whatever. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to just be two wives on the phone talking about the things that we go through, you know, having inmates as our husbands, as spouses or whatever. So she was cool with it. I talked to Demita. I told her um, I had talked to you yesterday, and I was like, we had a really, really good conversation. Um, and so I was like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the um you know for the interview for him to call tomorrow so yeah yeah so how's your day been oh uh, man you know it's like um up and down but you just make the best out of it yeah so yeah for, for the most part it been cool that's what's up okay so i i, I have like six questions right so the first question i want you well this is not really a question but i just want you to tell the listeners um basically like who who are you and why are you where you are my name is uh maurice navarro brooks 
and I'm locked up. I'm incarcerated for bank robberies. I robbed nine banks because I needed some money to bail my brothers out who was being um, contained in a county jail and they was about to be shipped out of state. I'm saying upstate for prison. So, you know, I just, I was young. I was 19 at the time. So, you know what I mean? I just, I know I needed some money, some quick money. So the only thing that I could think of really was just the bank. Cause you know, I was really like on that loyalty. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be there for my brothers, like no soldier left behind. You know, we had that concept because it's like, you know, when you young and you in the hood, a lot of times you not afford them opportunities to, you know, make way the way other people do. So, you know, you hustle out of necessity right. in the hood. You know, it ain't something we want to do, you know what I mean? But it's just, you know, it's just the way it went down. But I, like I said, you know, I was young and, you know, it was a, um, a wrong way to go about it, but I went about it. But at the end of the day, I stayed true to who I was as a man, you know what I mean? And turned down them uh, uh, bargains that they was offering me, you know what I mean? That, well, I'm still here, but I'm growing while I'm here. And, you know, I, I still got faith that God got me and going to lead me to where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, that hopefully soon that's with my wife. Okay. So <clears throat> I have a very, very important question. Um, you Okay, so you've been locked up since 96, right? Yeah. Okay, so who is Maurice in 2022? Maurice in 2022 is, is mature. He's not, the, I'm, he's not the same person he was 26 years ago. This call is from a federal prison. We all make mistakes, but we grow from mistakes. Because if you ask the average person what they did two weeks ago or two days ago, they don't remember. You know what I mean? But it's like going through this process. Prison ain't based on redemption or rehabilitation, which is what it's saying is. You know, it's the guys that give to the public. You know what I mean? You put us in here because to correct your behavior. You know what I mean? But when you go through this, through these situations and, and, and you do grow, it's like, man, when do you get the opportunity to come back home? Because it's like so much that I took for granted out there and a, a, a lot of things that I didn't know about myself that I took the time and, you know, the creator provided me with those opportunities to sit down and learn. And not only did I learn, you know, it's like I capitalized on them. So me going forward, you know, getting out of here today, ain't no way I can get out of there and do what led me to being in here today. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was always... I was always a good father, you know what I mean? But I just, you know what I'm saying? I, like I said, you know, a lot of the choices I made was rushed, you know what I'm saying? But I never stopped being a father, you know what I mean? I never stopped love. I never stopped being there for my family, you know what I'm saying? Even though I'm in jail, I still, you know what I'm saying, I, I applaud myself on really, like, being able to provide for the people I care for. Right. You know what I mean? Even, even from here. So, you know what I mean? It's just... We go through them channels, man, you know, and, and, and like I said, man, if we was provided certain opportunities and certain chances, it's a lot of people who not educate. Like they say, ignorance is no excuse, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not, but at the same time, it's a lot of us ain't ignorant. You know what I mean, just being hungry, being hungry and being ignorant is two different things. Ain't no question. Ain't to no question. To because we, <laughs> totally two different things. Damn right, because when you sitting right there, like I tell people, man, I had I had a dude I was real, real close with, you know what I mean? And for him to grow up in a household with no father, his mother, she was like, you know what I'm saying, on drugs. And see, 
somebody's mother giving everything away and then prostituting. And, you know, just seeing somebody come to them type conditions, it's like how do you sit somebody down and educate them right. to come out of them type of conditions? Right. Like, you, you know, you got psychologists who sit down and study the inner cities and stuff like that. But I'm saying how can you study the inner city when you never lived in the inner city? Yeah, it's, it's, like. it's like a you you can't you can't put if you can't put yourself in my shoes you won't understand the same experiences or understand what that actually feels like that's like i used to always tell people when my dad passed away i couldn't stand for people to tell me i know how you feel i used to be like no you don't you might have a dad that passed away too but you didn't have that relationship that I had. So I never like to hear people tell me they understand how I feel. You may have set, had a similar situation, but the understanding is totally different because you weren't in my shoes. You know what I'm saying? You don't know my emotions. So I totally, uh, I totally get it. And I really commend you for even accepting responsibility and just owning up to the man that you are like your your sit your where you are doesn't define who you are i'm big on that i say that all the time um so my next question um is how important is it for a support system as an incarcerated man support system is everything because when you you know us being in this situation like it's it's it's, it's deeper than being physically incarcerated it's psychological so when you got that support, somebody where you can call home and, you know, you got somebody that you can depend on and somebody who reliable, somebody who, you know, you, you can trust and, and somebody who love you and you love them, it, it, it take it, and it break down them walls that, you know, they, they say hardened criminals. But really, it's like a person's, they be, you, 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 you become desensitized to a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in jail because mm-hmm. it's like you in here on your own and a lot of people have been left in these type of situations you know yeah. what i'm saying so for you to overcome that that take love it's just like when somebody's on drugs you can send them to rehabilitation programs and all that and, and you know they are keep uh, uh uh relapsing and all that but it's love to get a person through them situations love is everything yeah i agree i agree okay so which brings me to a very important question how much has having a strong woman helped you do this time because you know we get overlooked a lot like like a lot of times people forget that there's there's a backbone somewhere within this situation so how important is it uh, to, to have a woman it's it, you know it's just like it's a saying they got you know and they say that a uh, nation can can't rise no higher than this woman you know what i'm saying and when you look at an individual a man, you know, going through something like this, it's the woman that is everything. You know what I mean? When you got somebody you know who love you, I'm talking about just you individually. That person love you no matter what you're going through and is there for you no matter what. It just, it, it, it make you wake up with your head high, go sleep with your head high. You know what I'm saying? It give you like a, a different meaning to life when you in this, in, in this situation and you got somebody who love you unconditionally. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. without that, it's like, you know what I mean? You just... You go through it because we have good days and bad days, but the situation that we in and the environment that we in, it could clash. Because yeah. if you clash with somebody else who got a bad day, it ain't like the streets. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It could be like it turned real physical and it turned violent. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? You knowing you got something to live for on the outside of her, you know what I'm saying? You don't place no importance in her because yeah. you can see through all of it. You know what I mean? So, 
it take you away from that. You know what I'm saying? That's really what, what Amy, what she do for me. And you know what I mean? Being her relationship. This call is from a federal prison. And they're constantly growing. You know, we have our, um, you know, like the up days, it'd be like up, up. You know what I mean? Then sometimes you go there. It's yeah. just like a, a, a it's regular, a regular relationship. Yeah, just you incarcerated. Right. <laughs> so listen, yeah. give me three words, three words, three words to describe Amy. We already heard your poem, but give me three words. If you had only three words to give. I say sweet. all the women, men, and relationships, marriages, 
give the best advice you can on how to maintain a healthy marriage from inside those prison walls like if you just just to sum it up from someone who's been married and you've been there since I graduated from high school in 96. So what is your advice that you can give for people to just hold on? You know what I'm saying? It's not a bad situation. You got you to you be honest with yourself and you got to be honest with your partner. Because when you look at the situation, you know what I'm saying, regardless of the facts, you know what I'm saying, it's the hope at the end of the day but at the same time it's true justice so when you see your situation and you know what it is and you got somebody with you you got to be real with that person and the person on the, on the, on the outside got to be real with you because you can't lie to each other because somebody lied to themselves yeah. at the end of the day but if both person is true to themselves uh, true to each other and true to themselves when you go home it ain't nothing they can break it that bond is inseparable inseparable people been waiting on jesus for two thousand years and that's faith Faith is the reason why people wait that long for somebody they never met. Amen. That's right, Maurice. Well, I appreciate it, and I thank you so much. And you knew you now have a new friend. And whenever you right. need me, I am one phone call away. Well, you guys, we have reached my favorite part of the episode, and that is giving you the updates on my husband. My husband is extraordinary and extraordinary, <laughs> amazing, wonderful, loving, patient, and I just, I'm blessed. I'm blessed and I am truly, 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 truly grateful to have him in my life. I, I am a lucky girl. I'm a lucky girl. I'm a lucky woman. Whatever you want to call it. Um, I love my husband. And although, guys, you know, we had a bit of a rough week. You know, this might be our third hiccup. I'm counting. <laughs> this might be our third hiccup. But once again, I promise you guys, unscripted uncut and this is what happens these are the up and downs and the obstacles when you are in a marriage especially a marriage with a incarcerated person so we had a bit of a hiccup this week but i'm telling you my husband always comes through always makes up we always find a way to jump back into the love and try to just explain and understand one another um, whenever these situations come about. So the amazing ending to this hiccup was that my husband sent me a poem. In the beginning of this episode, I read the poem. And guys, when I tell you when he sent me that poem, I, I promise you I felt him cutting onions from all the way from the from the prison i'm like i'm like like tears are just falling out of my eyes i'm trying to drive and i'm like oh my god why are you cutting all these onions but it was an amazing feeling guys because i promise you like i was at a place where i was so 
upset and irritated and you know my sister has always said to me whenever you know I go to her with you know just things that I'm feeling at that moment within my marriage you know she reminds me Rashida your vows your vows you know for better or worse for better or worse and I understand now why they say marriage is work marriage is work you know, and I had to really even reassure my husband, like, no matter what we going through, like, this is not a girlfriend and boyfriend situation. Like, I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to break up with you. You know, we're married. You know what I'm saying? We are married and we just have to put the work in. We have to put the work in to continue to get stronger, continue to build, you know, what we're trying to do. Um, and just trying to find balance and understanding because we're going to have those times. And by him being incarcerated, it just makes it so much harder. It really, really does. And the fact that he doesn't have any minutes right now and we can't really talk on the phone, it's so hard to express yourself via email. You know, you that you don't know the feeling behind the words. You don't know how a person is really trying to express themselves behind typed letters so that makes it a lot more difficult too but when I tell you guys my husband he got it he got it he paid attention he heard me he heard me and not only did he hear me he saw me sometimes when we are dealing with incarcerated men so much is going on with them they don't see us they don't see us. They see everything. They need everything they want from us. We become invisible. And this past week, I was invisible to my husband. And lately, with all the things that he's been dealing with and going through and trying to deal with his appeal, everything has been about him. And I became invisible. And it it just it got to a ugly point. And he got it. He understood and he saw me and that's why he sent me that poem. Um, we got right back on track. Of course, like I said, we don't spend 24 hours is the most 24 hours is the most. And then we just try to concentrate on the love. Like we love each other very, very much. Like we really do. And then we are friends and I keep, keep having to tell my husband at times we are friends, like our friendship will not our friendship will be in jeopardy you know there's a different level of care within our marriage because we are friends you know we got to know each other first as friends so we understand a lot about each other what makes each other tick our flaws and all of that so sometimes we even have to put the marriage to the side and talk as friends to get a better understanding but we got through it i'm so glad we did um, I'm glad it even happened because there was something that my husband needed to see and he needed to hear me and realize how I'm going and going and going for him and fighting for everything for us. And I'm in a pro and within that process, you know, he forgets. I still need things, you know, I still need, um, my day-to-day -day things, you know, and he just forgot, you know, he just really forgot. I mean, I'm still going to do everything I need to do to secure my happiness as well. But my husband had to realize like 
he doesn't come first all the time. You know, I, I still have to maintain my own sanity, but he got it. He got it. And once he got it, he came through with this amazing poem. And again, my husband does everything that he does just adds on to more reasons why I love him so much. Unfortunately, he still has no minutes, zero zilch, zip, <laughs> but they will refill on a 10. So I will be back to hearing my husband's amazing, handsome voice. And that is pretty much it, guys. He is okay. He's doing fine. He hates, he doesn't have his minutes, but he's doing fine. And of course, thank you guys for continuously keeping him in your prayers, keeping him uplifted as myself. It is appreciated so much. And again, thank you guys for being on this journey with me, with us. It's appreciated. I cannot say it more. So again, bonus episode eight. That is the update on my husband. And we are going to move this episode along, guys. I have so so much for you guys thank you again for tuning in and now guys my interview with amy maurice's wife okay so you've been married a year um of course i know this has been a a, a, a super crazy 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 year yeah um covid we no did, visitation. I did actually get Wow. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. Did you guys get married? Well, clearly you he the man has been gone. When he said nineteen ninety six, I was like, Oh my god, I graduated high school in nineteen ninety six. But you were able to make get married in jail? Like was COVID still Um, no. I had to take a I had to send a paper to the mail okay. and they have to sign off on it and then i had to drive all the way to alabama to a courthouse and just drop it off okay 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 me and my husband we did ours virtually i demita actually is ordained i asked her to become ordained because i wanted her to do our wedding officiate our wedding anyway um when he came home but my husband just didn't want to wait so we actually did it virtually with with her and of course you know i had to do the same thing with the paperwork or whatever um and of course it wasn't my ideal wedding but you know when you when you in love and you love somebody it all that really doesn't even matter like the fairy tale that you grow up thinking about it doesn't even matter so yeah we, we don't even have they don't even have video their visits so we couldn't even do it like see each other or nothing yeah well, my husband was at the whole, thank God he was at the at his holding facility. So they had tablets and all that kind of stuff. Well, he, now he doesn't, I mean, he's straight in a federal, uh, jail now, but back when we did it, he wasn't. Um, so that was a, a, a perk, I guess, so to speak, if you want to say it was a perk, but, um, but yeah, I talking to him, um, I, I asked him about, you know, who is he in 2022 versus the person that he first, you know, was when he came into, um, you know, went to prison. And like I said, I had a really, really, really great interview with him. And last week I did one of my segments. I played, you know, the poem that he wrote for you titled Amy. And I thought it was amazing. It was beautiful to me. And I really wanted to share it with my listeners. So 
that was I told him I said I think that's what made my husband write me a poem <laughs> <laughs> like, like he was already tripping about my letters from uh, I was reading from Tupac, you know, that I had, you know, I do my love letters and poems and stuff from other inmates and stuff. So I think once he figured, okay, now she reading letters from Tupac, now she got other people's poems. Let me write my wife a poem. <laughs> so I told him he encouraged my husband to write a poem. But um, so I I asked him some of the similar questions, but I wanted you to give me three words to describe your husband. If you just had only three words, how would you describe your husband? Loyal, humble, and ambitious. Oh, mate. Loyal is definitely a, a good trait. And I could definitely see after listening to him, I would definitely give him loyal um, as well. So my next question is, um, did you ever find yourself apprehensive about explaining your marriage to like your friends or your family or just people in general because of the stereotype, you know, that goes with I'm married to an inmate? Were you apprehensive about explaining that to people? Did you find yourself having to take up for your union? Um, most of my family, I mean, they just wanted to know how <laughs> right i got with him how all this stuff started and stuff but most of my i mean they're pretty supportive and stuff and my mom loves Maurice and my kids and so i mean they're the only ones that really i don't and nobody likes it they don't tell me because i know you know yeah they're going to support me no matter what but as far as i i mean everybody's thankful for Maurice because i mean he is a blessing to us he is that's amazing that is amazing so now when you said i do to an inmate it's not the typical i do that you know every girl dreams about at what point did you know like no matter what this was your forever like forget where he is forget the time that he has when did you realize that this was the person that you wanted to just have your forever with, no matter what? We started reading the Bible, and we started reading it together, and I started learning it more. And he was really, like, he's all about family and all about, you know, he's wanting to see everybody succeed and stuff, and he's into God. And that's mostly that's what really put us closer, Yeah, was reading the Bible together. Deep connection. I love it. I love it. So now on a day-to-day -day basis, tell me, tell my listeners, what is it like? Because I mean, I'm telling them all the time what it's like for me. And sometimes my friend says, you know, oh, you always talking about the good stuff. You know, it's got to be some bad. And I'm like, why does it have to be bad? It's really not all that bad. But on a day-to-day, -day, you know, I talk about strength. I talk about patience. What is day-to-day -day for you like um, when it comes to being a prison wife? The, just give me some of the good and some of the bad. Um, I get overwhelmed sometimes because, I mean, I've never been in a situation where, you know, I have to go do all the stuff and, like, I get stuck where I don't even really know what to do sometimes and I'm having to ask questions and it isn't so stressful a lot of times and... I try not to be hateful with him or anything, but he's like, cause I, he wants to come home. I want him home, and I believe he will be home soon. But 
it's with me having kids and having to do all this on top of, you know, the family at home and trying to bust my butt to, to talk to people and try to get his lawyer and everything. It's just, it's just right. real rough for me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But he, he don't give up, no matter how hateful I get sometimes, he is still right there. He don't give up. He don't fall back. He don't, he just keeps pushing us. And he just wants us to, you know, he wants to come home and he just keeps pushing us. And I just, I just take a deep breath and keep going. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. You know, sometimes it's hard. Like, like I myself, I have those days too. My husband's ready to come home and... When I tell you, he is trying to exhaust every everything that he can think of, you know, and, and I try to explain to my listeners how we on the outside are trying to do our day-to-day living, you know, I don't have any kids, but still I have businesses that I have to run, you know, I, I have a life, you know, we have a life. And trying to maintain our lives and and doing the things that they want us to do, it does get very overwhelming. And I I just had to tell my husband the other day, I felt like he was being selfish because his focus is so much on coming home, he forgets. Like, it's like I almost become invisible. Like, the things that I have to do are almost like they're not important. And so that it, it really takes a lot of strength to keep pushing and the good part about it is that you do have somebody on your side that can kind of push that to the side and remember okay you know this is overwhelming for amy you know she has kids she has this they do get a little selfish but then they kind of kick back into gear and remember like this is a lot you know it's you're their voice you're you're fighting for them you're their so your secretary (laughs) their assistant you're doing so much on top of having your life. And that's some of the things that I want to highlight as well within my podcast. So you basically just said everything that I've been saying all week. (laughs) All week. So with him um, having this time, he kind of jumped into uh, about his case and just different things like that. How does that how, how does that affect your thought process on on the future? Like you want him home, you know it's gonna come home, but right now you know that missing him and 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 the reason why I'm asking you that is because last week I talked about the resistance and having patience, um, temptations and different things like that that we as wives go through. Like you know when you love your husband, you love your husband, and that's really all that you can see. Um, but you know, you have those times where any, any, any woman you watching TV, it's like, oh my God, I wish he was here to cuddle up and, and, and things like that. What do you, what do you do? Do you get busy? Do you start focusing on something else? Like, what do you do to, to stop yourself from getting to that point? Because sometimes it can make you sad. Yeah. Um, well, my kids' dad passed away, um, a year ago. And so I've been trying, you know, I've tried to keep myself busy with them because, you know, they're, they're having a hard time with it and everything. And yeah. then my, my grandbaby was born seven days after. Yikes. Okay. So she is my calm. And whenever I start, you know, I always try to get keep her with me. And she keeps me busy most part of the time. That's and good. Yeah. That's good. But That's I, good. Yeah, I've been over on her most of it. <laughs> 
She's my world. She's your world. Well, guess what? That's why she's here. <laughs> yeah. she, she has a purpose. Why do I need you? Yeah, she she definitely uh has a purpose. Well, Amy, thank you so much. And like I told you, I'm gonna send you um a t-shirt. I'm gonna send you a face mask. And whenever you want to get on here and talk about some things, um, talk about his case, if you ever need any help with anything, I'm here. You know, I'm trying to create a network so that we can all support each other. I do have a support group now, a nonprofit support group called Fed Up Wives, and it's um, supporting all wives of federal incarcerated inmates. So I definitely, you know, you got all my love, all my support. And I'm here, you know, if you just want to talk sometimes, that's that's what I'm here for. But I truly, truly appreciate taking this this little 10 minutes out of your time so you can get back to your babies and, and doing what you do. And again, I enjoyed my interview with your husband. I, I think that you guys are doing wonderful. Um, he told me so many wonderful things about you. And you're going to get to hear it. I'm not going to tell you. I'm, a dick. I'm not going to tell you what he I, said. I am not. I am not. I am not. I want to tell you so bad. But I'm like, nope. You got to listen. You got to listen. But I'm telling you, I got you guys got my full support. Just like I told him. He has a forever friend. And now you have a forever friend. And I'm here. Thank you. And thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much thank for you. yes, yes. We have to stick together. We have to stick together. And Demita talks so highly of you too. And I'm just so glad that she introduced me um to you guys. You guys have a wonderful love story. And I'm telling you, he the, he love just comes out his mouth when he talks about you. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm just happy. I'm happy to 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 be a little a little fly on the wall witnessing some of this stuff. Um as he was talking about it. But thank you girl. I appreciate you. Um hang in there. I know it gets overwhelming but it takes a strong woman and you definitely are that. Thank you. You are so welcome. And you have a wonderful evening. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So, guys, as promised, I have my one-on-one -on -one interview with MC Shan. And I am telling you guys right now, put your kids to bed. Put your parents to bed. <laughs> put your grandparents to bed. Anybody that's going to have sensitive ears, because this is explicit content. Literally, I need to put a um explicit, explicit sticker on this episode. MC Shan is a dose of realness. I keep saying that, that people cannot digest well. He is going to come straight with it off the top from his heart, from the bottom of his feet to the bottom of his soul. It's him 100% and I wouldn't have it any other way. But I am going to give you another warning. <laughs> warning, warning, warning. This segment contains explicit content. Anybody over the age of 21, please stop. And that is 
<laughs> my warning for you guys. So guys, we are going to jump into my interview of part one, episode eight. Thank you guys for joining me. So here we go. In the I place to be, it's <laughs> your man MC and Rashida D. Brand. <laughs> Hey, I should I should have said mic check, mic check. <laughs> one, two, one, two. <laughs> right. There you go. You know, I was gonna jump right into that mode. So Shen. I'm not gonna call you your nickname on here. I do not want anybody calling you. That don't matter. That don't matter. They fucking called me that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't want no calling people. You know, I only oh, matter of fact, only two people really call me that. You and my and my partner Kim. Shanny, Shanny, that Shanny. don't matter. If a nigga call me Shanny, I'm gonna look at that nigga crook it up like a motherfucker, nigga. Like, what the fuck you want? Hey, cannot call you Shanny. Oh my god, no, please. You call me Shanny. What the fuck wrong with you? <laughs> okay, so, so you might be a tranny. Oh my god. Look, so. Let me tell you what I did, right? So I had made an announcement on one of my episodes, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get MC Shan on here to introduce, you know, to do an interview. And I was like, I can just pop my collar because, see, that's my friend. But I told them, I said, y'all make sure y'all put y'all babies away, your kids to bed, because Shan <laughs> is a dose of realness that everybody cannot digest at all. <laughs> I don't think that people <laughs> really can't right. handle children asleep, goddammit. They can't handle the truth. I was telling my other friend earlier today, we were talking about some drinks or something, and I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, Shan, the one who named me the mad sci scientist, used to tell me to adorn <laughs> adorn his drink, adorn, adorn my drinks with drink the that fruit. Stuff that you do. <laughs> <laughs> adorn my drinks. Oh, this man is so damn crazy. So, Shan, you know, I got this podcast about um, the life of a prison wife, but I also do jump into some deep stuff or whatever. So, I have to ask you a few questions for the listeners and subscribers, but you're going to love this first question, though, because somebody wants to know, what would you do if Sutter Homes goes out of business? I'm going to drink some other shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why somebody said you probably gonna be like what's the fucking recipe <laughs> make your own shit no nah, that's that jail nigga shit see <laughs> but I'm on the right show for that see <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> shit niggas that make their own wine nigga you got to be in jail there's <laughs> always a goddamn gas station open for me mine oh $7.48 a four pack. And if they ain't got that, I'll move to the next best thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to have the swizzle. Okay, so the next question is, how do you feel about hip-hop in 2022? <laughs> I'm going to love this answer. I don't even fuck with hip-hop in 2022. I don't claim myself as a music artist anymore. I really am not into into hip-hop because hip-hop is a game that you're like a horse and they got a carrot hanging in front of you and you know a horse they're, they're just so stupid they'll run till they die 
They ain't never going to catch the carrot. And it's just two inches in front of their nose. Yeah. And I'm just glad that I'm old enough and I've been in the game long enough to recognize this, to just say, I'm done. I don't want nothing to do with it. I made money. I'm not trying to be flossy. You might want me to be uh, have the big gold chains and all that, but I don't see it as being worth it. I'm not going yeah. to try to impress someone else. So right now, I don't even fuck with hip hop. Don't care what they got going on. Rashida, you know me. Yes, I I'm, do. I'm a, I'm a curse niggas out, right? <laughs> Damn. TV and I one. have seen it. I have seen it firsthand on numerous of times. And honestly, it don't matter who it is. They gonna <laughs> get it. I say if you ain't never been cussed out in your life, Getting cussed out by MC Shad is the like even if you're somebody else getting cussed out by you, the person listening feel like they got cussed out. So nice though. You be it's, feeling like, oh shit, wait a minute, was this about me? Hilarious. I've seen it firsthand and, and okay, and so now where you don't care. Friend, imagine this, right? TV one call me up, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about yo Shan. We want you to be in this uh uh unsung about cold chilling. I say, yo, where the money at? They said, Well, there's really no money in it for you. And I'm like, oh, y'all must think I'm a sucker, huh? First commercial y'all get, y'all get a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And y'all gonna tell me y'all can't give me no money. See, that's how they play hip hop. So that's where I go back to that horse in front of the carriage. They just, they, they feel that everybody in hip hop is broke. They don't got, especially in my era, yeah. you know, oh, you ain't got no money. You should be glad we even talking to you. Fuck you. N- at this point in my life, I don't even want to be noticed. Just let me slip through. I don't even want to talk to none of y'all about right. that hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Huh? But I can't do that because that's a life I chose. It didn't choose me. I chose it. Right. So everything that comes along with us. I mean, I got to say hi to people in the store. I'd rather do a free show for people that actually love me mm-hmm. than to do a show for some money for a promoter that's going to get a lion's share and he's going to give me $2,000 like he giving me two. What, nigga? You? I said, homie, you not know wow. that that on my rims, homie. My matter of fact, what I spent on my rims, what you giving me ain't gonna even cover the cost. Who you think you talking to? <laughs> I wonder why, and it's crazy because I do know like the money back then versus what artists get now is is way different. Cause I see a lot of interviews with you know older hip hop artists or whatever, and they always talk about the difference in the money. But damn, I mean, that still doesn't mean because the money is different. Like, y'all supposed to just get chomped off. You, you're, They should pay you for being a legend. Like, I feel like you should actually get more money, like like wine, like fine wine. It, 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 that doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like you, 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 I feel like you earn more from being a legend. Let's go back to the analogy I just gave you two minutes ago. You're a horse with a carrot in front of your face. Yeah. They don't they going to dangle this in front of your face and see at my age group. And if hip hop is all you have, they're hoping that you're one of those that's waiting on the dream of, oh, I'm going to make another hot record. And I'm going to just keep on 
being a sucker and I'm not going to say the things that Shan would say because Shan ain't kissing nobody's ass. I got to kiss somebody's ass to be in a magazine. I don't. I yeah. can get on my friend's show, Rashida, and <laughs> say what I want to. Sure can. How, how about that? Sure can. You and sure so, can. I'm not trying to be all of, all of what they want me to be. I'm out and shed it. I don't want to do it. Y'all go ahead. You want me to come to a show? You paying me that much money? You better off putting the record on and sing it your goddamn self. Cause I ain't coming. <laughs> word for word, the bridge. <laughs> no Look, I just found out about an old school hip hop show where they had a whole bunch of old school people there. I said, "What?" They ain't called me. I said, no, why? Because they knew better. <laughs> Shan, do you know, I can imagine what the backstage <laughs> would be like. Like, like I can imagine going backstage and, and you walk back there with some of them people. Because I've been I've been backstage with you before. <laughs> and and, and it, it, it's, it's not nice if you try to act brand new around MC Shan. Like, you can't act brand new around Shane. Like, it's right, not like, gonna I don't go. Know you, nigga. We gonna huh. put this shit right out here in the crowd, right here. And although I only weigh a buck, I'm not trying to be a tough guy, but everybody in this game knows me. They yeah. know Shan is just Dougie Fresh. I put up a, a thing of Dougie Fresh say, yo, Shan is the only one I know that from the time I've known him, what you see is what you get. There's no, no in between. No in between. No gray areas, that's just him. When yes. you see me in the street, you see me as who I am. You don't see me as MC Shan, because I don't act like that. Yeah. But you know, I'd be around people that you was in the club. They didn't know who I was. I'm standing behind the DJ booth. When they find out who I was, now I got piles of Moscato back there. But it wasn't because I was on the mic talking about, oh, I'm MC Shan. No, it wasn't. And that club. You know what? That's the one thing that I used to trip out about. Like, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know who that is. Like, I know who that is, but y'all don't know who that is. Like, you don't even understand the asset to this situation. That used to just really floor me. I just remember being in the office plenty of times. Like, man, that's a whole legend. Like, you don't even understand who, how many, you probably had a million girlfriends back then that was just your girlfriend that you never met before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody <laughs> yeah. running around like, like if you know, said my mean, boyfriend, my 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 best friend's aunt literally was like MC. Her, I think she said her sister or somebody went with Curtis Blow. One of them went with you. I'm like, you you had girlfriends that didn't even know you had girlfriends. Like like I, I can remember watching um uh what did I watch? I watched like three or four documentaries. Of course, you know I watch all Russell Peters shit, but. Um, Nas. Nas is like, I wanted to be like MC Shan when I when, when I grew up. Like, I remember seeing MC Shan with the big chains and it's like, everybody always talks about how you were that example. Like, you was the one that they wanted to be like. That's why I can't understand why people want to chump off a, a, a legend, like, with a thousand dollars. I mean, come on. Like, they got to know better than that. No, but that's what they do, Rashida. And can I say something? Mm, Russell Peters. Course. Russell Peters has a this is not nasty or anything like that. Rashida has such a good complexion. Russell Peters, <laughs> the comedian, right? 
He calls her Rashida with the smooth skin. Yes, that is my nickname for Russell Peters. Rashida with the smooth skin. Oh my God. Who funny. Now the only reason why I took Rashida around that is because I knew that Rashida knew how to carry herself. And in the same instant, if I needed representation and tell them all fall, you want to give me some money? Go see my manager over there. Go see Rashida. I knew that wherever (laughs) I was traveling at or whatever I was doing at that point, I know that I could say, yo, listen, boom, I ain't got time for this. Rashida know I'm a fucking crazy nigga, so I'm over here doing this. Rashida, take care of that. This nigga wanted to blah, blah, blah. I knew I could take you in that environment, and it would be, boom, no no bumps, no brew. I wouldn't have to say, yo, Rashida, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Not at all. And and we still, we can still make all that happen at, at any time. And and that's right. that's one hundred like any time. What you do is sell tiny homes because you know I'm building stuff now, right? Yes, I, I know. I talked about the, the um I talked about the party bus a lot. So now it's gonna be MC Shan on uh what is it? What's what's one of them channels? Home home network, how to build or look and here go to Monica. One time of your mind, two time of your soul is your man. Shizzle with a whistle, aka Bob Vila of hip hop. Because I still <laughs> represent hip hop. I just don't fuck with it. Hey, <laughs> but you are hip hop. Like literally, like you are hip hop. Literally hip hop. So I know um, what the thought about that is, Rashida. Mm-hmm. I don't live on that. No, you don't. And I can honestly say that knowing you. But you are hip-hop, though. But but you don't live on it, but I have to say your name, your name comes up when they start start talking about hip-hop. Like, your name is like one out of the five. It's out of the five. Like, you you are hip-hop. About time. Because if you look at these collages with all the hip-hop artists, you know what I'm saying? You always only see one Kango, but I can't be mad at that because that's the artist's rendition, their rendition of hip hop. They're not telling the whole history of hip hop or how it should be. They're telling their rendition of how they saw it. And if I came before certain artists that like most of these cats, they come out Biggie and da 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 da. I'm way before them. I was the predecessor, oh, yes. made them want to like they want to rock. Saying like you are hip hop, like literally, you biz, uh, Roxanne, Chante, like y'all are hip hop, Juice Crew, like y'all are hip hop, like there's there's no way, there's no way, like that's why the people that that people idolize now, they're the ones that idolize y'all, like that's what's so crazy. If you love Nas so much, you gotta know Nas loves MC Shan, right? But you know what. <laughs> Look, look, check this out. Enough about me. Let's get on the topic of what your show talk about. Okay, so I have I I have a few questions about this. How does my how does my partner deal with that? So okay. Wait, wait, wait. That's only part A of the question. When you at night, what the fuck you do? (laughs) (laughs) So Okay, so I'll answer my I'll answer my question. Um, I'm gonna say, well, for me, Shad, you know, for me, it's not hard because I always chase a bag. Like me, 
being up under a dude and doing all that has never just been a major thing for me. I always been about handling my business, getting my money, starting a brand, starting a business. So it's not really hard. It's not really look, hard. And, look, then it takes and this a- is what I'll say that if we wasn't friends, we'd be perfect for each other. Cause I'd be like, <laughs> get the fuck out of my face. Go get your motherfucking money. Oh, you think you slick. I know you better than anybody. You done marry somebody in jail because you don't like nobody in your face. And I bust out laughing like, oh my God, Shane is so fucking stupid. But this is what you said to me. And the thing is, is that like it take a special kind of dude like to even deal with me or be with me. But I need my own space. I got to have my own life. I got to be able to get my money. You know, my money is I, I don't want to live off of a dude. I got to have my own bag. So it's very easy for a person like me who's goal-driven, you know what I'm saying, who's always trying to do something. I do love my husband. Of course, I married him, but he had to be a, a version of me for me to be able to, you know, just step into something that that real and that serious because I tell people all the time, nobody has ever really seen Rashida in a real relationship, and Shan is my friend, so he All right, knows. but look. <laughs> On top of relationship, like you say, a motherfucker to have to deal with you, right? Yeah. And however the fuck, Rashida is a hustler. Yeah. And all I'm telling you is I've seen motherfuckers put her in situations where they fucking felt that she was going to fucking crumble and break. And what she has done is fucking rise and overcome all that shit and fucking outshined her motherfucking suppressors. Yes, sir. And so, Every time. and so now, if a motherfucker can't understand that motherfucking Rashida in a situation and she got to do what the fuck she got to do to get this money because she ain't depending on your shit, nigga, you got to kick rocks, biblical ones if you want to, motherfucker, and put your <laughs> sandals on. Not the so Jesus you can sandals. feel them bitches. <laughs> Fuck your steel toe boots. Put them fucking open toe sandals so you can feel them motherfucking rocks when it. you kick them. Yes, you can feel it. You can feel it. So yeah, it's not. It's not hard. It's not hard. It, it, it's really not, man. I I be about my money. So I. But really, Rashida, that's what makes you you, because yeah, if every woman was like you the motherfucking world would move smoother because everybody would take their motherfucking place in line. I'm making this money, you making that money. I ain't motherfucking jealous at the people that you motherfucking mm-hmm. got to work with to make this money. They, I, I don't have you jealous with mine. But now, hold on. In the end of the day, when we come home, I'm a nigga. I don't want to fight. I want to fucking count who got more money today, motherfucker. Exactly. Fuck you. A real man, if you have a real man, Rashida, any woman that's about some money, if you and any man, if you have a real man that's about some money, he don't give a fuck about no hoes. You understand? Because it's more about the money. Motherfucker, if you got money, you can have We're talking in jail terms. Every in jail know that there's called a fifi. There's Fifi. You don't know what Fifi is? I've been knowing about the Fifi for a long time. Yeah. All right, so I, we ain't I, I got learned, to go no further. I learned the term a long time ago. <laughs> All right, so that that means that motherfuckers know we some professionals at this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They look, Sharon, you know I gotta, I gotta, I gotta send you a look, picture. Home, when the new, 
I gotta send you a picture of what the new Fifi look like. They done made the Fifi to look like a, the upper torso of a woman. Like they have literally sculpted and made a woman's body from the butt up, from the hip look, to the boobs. And anybody that 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 look, they done check took long johns and, and, and t-shirts and all kinds of. Be thankful that he didn't cross over to the dark side. Exactly. <laughs> That nigga was determined. <laughs> like, he was determined. He was determined. Well, you guys, now you see why I gave the warning disclaimer. <laughs> Part two of MC Shan's interview will be on episode, bonus episode part two. Yes, I do have JoJo and Michelle on part two as well. So thank you guys again for joining me on episode eight, part one. Remember guys, bonus episode part two are always subscription only. So you're getting a snippet and a taste of what's to come in part two. But guys, you have to subscribe. You have to subscribe to get part two of the bonus episodes. I have a three-day trial going on, a three-day free trial going on. Check me out. See how you like it. If you're on Apple, it is $4.99 a month, $55 special for a year. And check it out, guys. Like I said, if you like it, subscribe, guys. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You will not regret it. All bonus episodes come with exclusive content. You will get uh, episodes early. A lot, a lot of perks to being a subscriber with a paid subscription. So again, thank you guys for joining me for bonus episode eight, part one. And stay tuned. Stay tuned for part two. I have more amazing content to come. Thank you for joining me on yet another part of my journey. You can catch this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and iHeartRadio. For the latest episodes, discussion forums, and our live episodes, go to wetlockchronicles.com. You can also click the episode website link under each episode. Thank you guys so much. Keep listening and keep subscribing. Stay safe, stay blessed, and welcome to Wedlock. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. For episode updates, upcoming live episodes, discussion forms, and contact information, please visit the website, wetlockchronicles.com.